0: Welcome guys to episode 126 of believe in Rams. I'm your host, Jake Ellenbogen. And unfortunately today we will be discussing a Rams loss. Uh, They did lose to the Dallas Cowboys 22 to 10. Before we get into that, I'm going to ask that you subscribe to the podcast on all podcast platforms um, in addition to that if you're watching on YouTube be sure to hit subscribe as well as uh, like and comment if you have anything to add uh, you can follow me over on Twitter at JK Bogan and as always I'm always interested in your DMs and whatever you have for me so if you want to send them my DMs are open without further ado let's dive into exactly what went wrong for the LA Rams on Sunday. All right, so let's start off with Matthew Stafford. He went 28 of 42 for 308 yards, 7.3 average, a touchdown, an interception, and he was sacked five times for 35 yards. He ended up with an 86.2 passer rating. I have to say, Matthew Stafford, what he was able to do, being pressured 45% of his dropbacks, was impressive. Um, I understand the interception is gonna piss some people off. I get that. Um, but when you look at it, Matthew Stafford played well, considering the fact they had no run game to speak of. Um, and in addition to that, you know, they tried all this play action usage, but again, no run game to speak of. The team didn't buy it. It's one of the best defenses all of football with the Dallas Cowboys. I just, I couldn't believe the job Stafford did. Because right now this offense is so pedestrian. It is so predictable uh, they're moving the ball, but they're not scoring touchdowns. And the fact that Stafford was able to continue to move the ball, despite the fact he was constantly pressured, um, you know, I thought he showed excellent poise in the pocket and escaped multiple times to extend plays. Um, you know, he had no business doing that. Third string center wasn't able to get the protect- uh, the protections right. In addition to that, you know, the fact that he is a third string center going up against a really tough defense You know, and I think that the Rams tipped plays. I think the defense knew what the Rams were doing when they ran it. Cam Akers was in when they passed it. Daryl Henderson was in. I didn't think it it could really make it much easier uh, because Daryl Henderson didn't get one carry in the stat sheet. He had one carry, but it got called back. It was about a six yarder got called back due to a hold and then they never gave him the ball again. Um, Pretty much it's Detroit all over again. And I'll even take it a step further with his 84 pressures through the first five games. It's more than he's had in Detroit uh, through this amount of time. So uh, it's incredibly frustrating right now uh, to not only watch as a fan, an analyst, whatever, uh, but also for Matthew Stafford, for this Rams team, for Sean McVay. Uh, It is incredibly frustrating. And even still, they weren't. In the game, I would argue they should have won the game. I know it sounds crazy being a 22-10 to loss, but they should have won this game. Then you look at the run game. Cam Akers gets 13 carries for 33 yards. That's 2.5 for his average yards per carry. He's now at 2.9 on the year. No carries on the stat sheet for Henderson again, like I mentioned, who's averaging 4.1. Um, they abandoned the run again once again, you know, despite the fact that they can't really pass protect that all that well, uh, they didn't even really try to run it. They ran it with their second best running back on the roster and uh, they didn't get anywhere and they said, all right, we're not going to run the ball anymore. The defense that they just went up against 27th against the run 30th and DVOA against the left end run. That's any run outside of left tackle. Uh, so bizarre that they really didn't run to the left. They didn't really run the ball. They didn't take advantage. The game plan made no sense in my opinion. And then once again, the Rams, you know, failing to capitalize and the Cowboys weaknesses, uh, by the time the fourth quarter came, it was just too late to establish the run. So at that point, You have Micah Parsons, you have Demarcus Lawrence. These guys are pinning their ears back, rushing the passer uh, because it just got to the point where you knew they had to throw it. It it literally got to the point where you had to throw it. There was nothing you could do. You had to come back in this game. The run game wasn't going to work. You weren't running the ball. So there was that. So yeah, it just really, it all kind of compounded like interest. Like it just like you could see the pressure weighing on the Rams, weighing on Sean McVay. And this offense and uh, once again, it continued to just be what it has been the last three weeks, Um, you know, and and honestly, even the Arizona game, there were good moments in that game. But at the same time, they only come away 20 points. That should have been a 40 point game. You know, then you go to the 49er game, just not excusable. You know, the defense has showed up and the offense just simply hasn't. And I really do think it starts with the run and not utilizing Henderson to the best of his ability, not keeping him in, not allowing him to get into a groove and really just trying to make Akers a thing. Um, He's struggling. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's something that's just going to go away. You know, uh, he did have a serious injury, very serious. So did Marlon Mack. I don't even know if he's on a team right now, but, um, you know, I think he's on the practice squad of the the, uh, Niners. But my point is that, Normally, from these injuries, you don't come back hundred percent. you don't come back the same. And regardless of that, I think Cam Akers already had some issues with his vision. Now you're really seeing it because he doesn't have the burst that he used to. He missed a, a bunch of holes early on in the game. So I think that was a huge, crucial point in this one. Um, not getting Henderson featured. It, it's just it's gonna continue to kill drives. Um, you know, when you look at it, you know, Daryl Henderson has done a really nice job on first and tens this year. Uh, Cam Akers has not. And so, you know, the the stats I have right here, 4.8 yards per carry. Henderson has 16 carries for 68 yards on first and 10. And uh, Cam Akers has 2.2, 30 for 66. The reason I bring this up and the reason why it matters is because when you're starting off first and 10 at the, say, 25-yard line, and then you get a negative run, well, it changes what you're going to do the next play. And now the defense knows that you're likely going to pass it on second and twelve. So if you get a negative run, which Cam Akers has been stuffed 12 times going into this game, I don't have the numbers yet, but I'll get them to you when I do have them uh, for the preview, but Cam Akers has struggled uh, to get positive yards this year. He's had, like I said, multiple negative runs, a double digit, in fact. And so it's just gotten to the point where it's killed drives. I mean, you have a good drive going and then, you know, now second down because second and long, and then say you get another run and now it's third and eight, third and seven. You know, the Rams, the way their offense is, they're trying to get to third and one, third and two, second and manageable, you know, and it's just not, it's not there right now uh, because they're simply not doing Uh, right by, you know, Henderson. They have him in anytime they're going to throw the ball. They have him in when they need pass protection, but they don't have him running the the rock and he's the better running back. So it doesn't really make much sense. There's literally no metric aside from yards after contact, which I've already said on this show before. uh, It's debatable whether or not that's a good thing, but there's no debate aside from yards after contact that, you know, Henderson is better than Cam Akers in every metric. And then on tape, you know, you look at it, Uh, There's nobody in the league that has more pass protection snaps at running back. than Henderson without giving up a pressure. He's had 24 this year, zero pressures. Uh, He has been exactly what the doctor ordered. And he's just not being used uh, correctly. in, In my opinion. Now you look at the passing game, right? Cup went for 125 on seven catches, including a 75 yard touchdown. You take away a 75 yard touchdown. That's six catches for 50 yards on nine targets. Um, The 75-yard touchdown was great, so I don't want to obviously take it away, uh, but Cup looked pretty banged up at the end of this game, and that's not a good sign for the Rams, so we'll have to monitor that. Uh, Tutu Atwell caught his first pass of his career for 54 yards over the top, then they didn't utilize him again. Um, you know, they finally hit the deep ball. They didn't utilize him again. So I'm not really sure what they were doing there. Uh, Higby caught seven for 46 on 10 targets. He continues to be very heavily looked at and targeted by Matthew Stafford. And he's having honestly the best start of his career. I would imagine to this point, Ben Skoranek continued. Uh, to have some consistency. Eight targets, caught six of them for 41 yards. He's third in the NFL right now, according to NFL Next Gen stats, uh, in average yards of separation. So I think that's something that's important. I think it's something that speaks volumes to why they believe in Skaronic. And uh, I think he's a good player. I think he's going to continue to generate more confidence. And I'm excited to see him finally get in the end zone. He has not scored yet. I really do feel like that's the moment where things will really start to take off for him. Um, Henderson averaged, uh, added four for, for 30 on five targets. You see his ability as a receiver. Uh, definitely, you know, he's somebody that can make you pay. And you saw that in the Super Bowl. He really helped the Rams in the Super Bowl, as I have brought up before. And then Allen Robinson. Big news, Robinson three of five for 12 yards, not going to cut it. I know a lot of people are getting on Robinson. I get it, but Allen Robinson is not being utilized correctly. He's being utilized like he is Robert Woods. He's running these digs. He's running these out routes. He's running these ends. He's running these slants. That's not how you use Allen Robinson. You use him over the top. You use him and you use that body to contort himself, keep himself in bounds, make the crazy catch. He's got a great catch radius, He's got a great job. He does a great job of using his body control and everything like that. uh, Boxing out defenders, playing the ball above the rim. And they just have not gotten him involved. I'm not talking about throwing it to him near the sidelines when, you know, it's completely out of bounds and there's not really an opportunity. I'm not talking about throwing over his head in the red zone. I'm talking about truly giving him a chance to go up and get that ball. And I just haven't seen that this year. So I don't think they're using him correctly. And it does make you wonder if they don't get this thing, right. Um, we're going to look back and say that the, the Robert Woods decision, uh, to move on from him and go with Alan Robinson, uh, was a horrible one. Um, but again, we'll find out it is only week six that we're going into while the season's going by fast. It's still, there's plenty of, of games to go. Uh, so I'm not panicking yet. On the offensive line, you have the fifth different combination this season. Starting, they had six all of last year. So put that into perspective. Um, I know it it sucks the offensive line. It's easy to to you know not really defend them, but blame them. And I get it. I'm not saying they're great, but I will say that you got to at least put some context into it. Like this is an offensive line that is the fifth different combination. A big key on an offensive line is to gain continuity. And if you guys can't play all around each other and guys are constantly missing and it's just a game of musical chairs, you can't develop any sort of uh, continuity. You can't develop any sort of chemistry. And so things just don't work. You know, the way offensive line works is it's a chain. And as soon as you break off a a bit of that chain, uh, it doesn't work the same. So you got to figure it out and you got to remold that chain Um, I don't think that's going to happen until after the bye, but maybe they get away uh, with it. They should get away with it this upcoming week against one of the worst teams in all of football in the Carolina Panthers, at least in my mind, Uh, Edwards left the game with a potential concussion. He's still in concussion protocol. Uh, Bobby Evans, in my opinion, wasn't as bad as normal. You know, this is somebody had 11, uh, you know, pass protection reps. He gave up one pressure. He wasn't anywhere near as bad as he looked uh, the night before. He only played in 11 snaps, but he didn't look as bad as he did, uh, you know, on Monday Night Football. Cologne, uh, he struggled, but he, I think he definitely struggled with the protection assignments uh, because this is not somebody that has any experience with that. He was thrown into the game on Monday Night Football after Coleman Shelton went down, and now he's supposed to come in here and have all the protection assignments down. I mean, this is his first start, so going up against a really tough defense in Dallas, I get it. Maybe he's not the starter next next week. Maybe it's Matt Scura. Either way, I mean, I don't know how much you can really expect out of Cologne, uh, seeing as there's just not a lot of experience there. Rob Havenstein has struggled mightily uh, over the last couple of weeks. And I think a lot of it has to do with that speed. He really struggles with the speed rush and Parsons got the best of him on Sunday against Dallas. Uh, so hopefully, you know, it's on an injury. Hopefully he comes back and, you know, next week. And he he's playing well. Cause right now he and Nopum need to take over and carry this team. Cause there's a lot of interior pressure for Stafford, but there's also some outside pressure for Stafford and uh, on the edge. And they got to do a better job of keeping Stafford upright, or it's going to be a long year when he's not playing uh, again, 45% of snaps. Stafford was pressured uh, 25 pressures on the day which is three fewer than the game before with the 49ers. Henderson saved Stafford in pass pro. He had eight reps in this game, did not allow a pressure. If they didn't use him, it would have been a long day. I think Stafford wouldn't have made it through the game without Henderson. You could see it. Stafford was getting killed with Henderson. Um, Not obviously on those plays because he was doing such a nice job in pass pro, but if they didn't have him, those five sacks would have been 11 sacks. It would have been brutal. Uh, this unit has to improve, bottom line, or we're going to see John Wolford under center uh, or Bryce Perkins sooner than later. I think that's really as simple as that can be. Um, they're going to have to try whether you know it's moving around the offensive line. You put at guard. You put Alaric Jackson at left tackle. Uh, you move Havenstein to left tackle. You put someone else at right tackle. I don't know, but they got to figure it out because it is getting to it's it's gut check time for the Rams. They need this win against Carolina upcoming and they need to go three and three heading in the bye. get healthy and get ready to get on their horse against the 49ers at home. So uh, that is how I have the offense. We'll move on to the defense and special teams now. All right, so we move on to the defense here, and I got to say we have to have the conversation. Before we get too much into how the game played out, we have to have the conversation. The defense is absolutely balling out for what is being asked of them with no offense. They continue to shut down uh, offenses. And uh, they've only given up three touchdowns and 183 snaps, and that's three games. So only three touchdowns and three games against Dallas, the 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. I think they've done an outstanding job the last three weeks, and they probably should have won all three of those games. The offense just has not done enough, and they have let this unit down. But let's start with the pass rush, because Aaron Donald had six out of the 10 pressures on quarterback Cooper Rush. I have a significant issue with this because Aaron Donald was being used as an edge defender uh, on those reps. And the reason I have an issue with it is Aaron Donald was great. He had two sacks. He forced some fumble, uh, forced some fumbles. Um, You know, he was used at edge. And, you know, I think it's time to start talking about the edge defenders because I've been a big fan of Justin Hollins. I've been a fan of Terrell Lewis. I've been a fan of Leonard Floyd. Um, And I was one of those people that, you know, felt like they needed to draft somebody in the draft because they just need another guy, somebody that could really emerge, you know, maybe like a Dominique Robinson, who you see in Chicago, who's having a solid year, Um, you know, guys like that. Right. And I watched this game and I just came away and obviously PFF shows it. They're not getting pressure off the edge. If it's not Donald, it's not really great. Uh, I hate to say it because you hate to be honest about it. Sometimes the the truth hurts, but Aaron Donald through, you know, five games has 22 pressures. That's not bad. It's not really Aaron Donald, but I mean, that, that like that's a good number, right? Floyd has nine. Gaines is third on the team with four tied with Bobby Wagner. Gaines is a defensive lineman. Bobby Wagner's a linebacker. Justin Hollins has three pressures. Jalen Ramsey is tied with him, who is a cornerback, and Terrell Lewis has two. A. Sean Robinson has two. I understand they use the linebackers a little bit differently, but still, when they're they're pass rushing, I'm not seeing enough of it. I'm not seeing enough pressure. And uh, basically, right now, my thought process is that you look at what Carolina is doing right now. You know, getting rid of Matt Rule, firing him, all the talks about potential trades. And the fan base is clamoring to go out and trade for somebody, whoever it is. They just want a big name. I don't think it's just a big name. Like, I think the one that makes the most sense, it's not Christian McCaffrey. It's not Jeremy Chin. It's not any of those guys. It's Brian Burns. If you're going to go out and you're going to make a trade, Brian Burns has to be on your radar. 24 years old. Uh, He's the guy that you could actually play with AD for a little bit. And then when Aaron Donald retires, you're using all that money that Aaron Donald, you know, left on the table after he retires to put into Brian Burns. Um, He is unbelievable. And I don't see him lasting on this team because I don't think they're going to be very good uh, for a while. Um, they got a lot of holes to fill, and uh, the coach, yeah, the coaching didn't work out. They're a bad football team. Brian Burns is not a bad football player. So I know it might be a little premature, although the trade deadline is coming up in the next few weeks. But um, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, at this point, I hate to say it, I'm a big believer in Hollins. I think he does a great job against the run. Terrell Lewis has had some big impact plays, but it just hasn't been, been enough. I mean, there's just not enough pressure uh from this defense and so they need to get edge pressure back they do miss von miller as much as i hate to say it they absolutely miss him i think brian burns could be an option at the trade deadline i think robert quinn could but i think brian burns would be a long-term option and if they trade for robert quinn that's like von miller don't expect him necessarily to come back but if they trade For Brian Burns, now all of a sudden you're talking about the future after Aaron Donald, but still he can play alongside Aaron Donald while he's still here. And I think that's like getting Jalen Ramsey all over again. You definitely trade your picks to get a guy like that. So that is my thought process on the edge defenders Moving on, Marquise Copeland, I got to throw him out there because he's got five stops on the year. He's played about 60 snaps this year. Uh, He's becoming a big-time run stuffer. I think, you know, seeing that he had 25 snaps this week, Um, I'm a big fan of his game. UDFA out of Cincinnati they've worked with. They like him a lot. Uh, This is somebody that definitely has my attention, and I think he continues to get better week in and week out. He had an interception in the postseason last year against the Cardinals. I think this is just a really nice story, somebody that has really paid his dues and is working his way into the rotation. You really love to see it. Bobby Wagner, another guy, having a great year, uh, continues to show up, and Grant Haley really stood out to me in this one. Uh, The de facto slot corner, he has been outstanding, in my opinion. Uh, He had a missed tackle on the Tony Pollard run. I'm not going to say he didn't, but he also had a huge breakup where they connected, I believe, with C.D. Lamb on the sideline. And normally you see cornerbacks just push him out of bounds, but not Grant Haley. He came up around him and hit the ball out. And because he hit the ball out, it was an incomplete pass. And now all of a sudden, instead of the Cowboys you know, taking up a first and ten, now they're punting, so it's a big time play. He did the same thing against George Kittle. He didn't make the tackle, but he tried to wrap up George Kittle, which slowed him down. If he tried to hit him in the legs, George Kittle would have ran by him, probably would have gotten the first down. But instead, the Rams were able to make the play. He had a huge play uh, later on the game in their own territory. After you know the Rams were facing Dallas, you know down in, in their own, deep in their own territory, they throw a bubble screen on third down, and he comes over and wraps him up. Uh, Just love the way Grant Haley's playing. He played in the Super Bowl. He's mainly a special teams guy, uh, but he is really starting to show up and uh, it's exciting to see. So you can definitely see why they kept him around. It's going to be hard to take him out of the lineup because I think he's he's looked outstanding. Um, The defense only gave up 16 points, including just one touchdown. This one, which was the 50 plus yard run by Tony Pollard. Um, I just think the defense continues to play consistent and they need some help. They held the Cowboys to 4.5 yards per play, 239 total yards on 12 drives and a five of 15 third down conversion efficiency. I just think that they've done a really nice job and they're not getting enough credit. They'll never get enough credit because they continue to play the bend don't break. And I think a lot of fans don't like it. So, um, that's what I'll say on that two uh, red zone stands one in which they didn't really deserve to be put in that situation it started off with the beginning of the game um so you have that and then you know the Rams continue to shut down tight ends is another storyline that needs to be said they shut down Kittle they shut down Pitts they shut down uh Dawson Knox you know now they shut down Schultz they they You could argue, I wouldn't say they shut him down, but they held him in check. Zach Ertz, they've done an outstanding job against tight ends. Tight ends don't do anything against this team. So, you know, for every little bit of, you know, maybe I make the argument, okay, we're not seeing enough pressure, all that. Uh, I will also say, you know, maybe the edge defenders are doing a better job in coverage. Although Terrell Lewis got burned by, uh, you know, one of the um, backup tight ends for the 49ers last week so there's that but still um you know it's been an amazing game plan week in and week out to shut down these premier tight ends uh in the nfl have to throw that out there uh once again like i said the bad tackling led to a 50 plus yard touchdown for pollard you take away that run I'm not going to lie. I wasn't overly impressed with the Dallas Cowboys offense. and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact the Rams defense makes a lot of these offenses look ordinary. It takes a really good offense like the Buffalo bills to just, you know, outdo them, uh, exploit them if you will. But, uh, it did not work with Cooper rush and the Cowboys who have had some success. Uh, you know, like I said, lamb and Gallup held to under 55 yards in this game. They held Noah Brown who has been on fire. They held him five yards. So I think they're doing a great job. Rush was sacked three times, so they're getting to the quarterback again. Donald twice, Ramsey once. Not enough from the edge rushers, but again, they got three uh, sacks. They held rush to 102 passing yards. The defense only gave up 163 yards on 34 carries 57 of that came on one run. That's not even over five yards per carry. So say what you will, but I do think that's a big deal. Um, you know, obviously people look at 163 yards, but when you run the ball 34 times, I would hope you're getting 163 yards. Uh, they continue to play at the level you need for them to win. And once again, I can't stress this enough. The Rams offense just continues to let them down. It's really upsetting because this is not what you expect from a Sean McVay offense. And this is never what you should expect from a Sean McVay offense. Uh, We move on to the special teams and the fake punt pass uh, from Riley Dixon to Jake Gervas to extend the drive that literally went nowhere uh, once again on the offense. But it was a great job, I thought, uh, by Riley Dixon. Great execution. Joe DeCamillis. Uh, That was some serious, as uh, Bill Raftery would say, if you guys don't know, you know, legendary college basketball announcer, uh, he would say onions uh, because that was a ballsy move by uh, the Rams, by Riley Dixon, Jake Gervas. I mean, Dixon, you could see it in the replay. The arms are up there. He threw it exactly where it wasn't going to get tipped. And uh, Gervais made a play on the ball, was able to catch it and run a little bit. Huge play there. Unfortunately, it didn't amount to anything because, like I said, uh, unfortunately the offense wasn't able to take advantage of it. wasn't the first time they were able to take advantage of uh, you know a really good opportunity. You, you look at the Brandon Powell, the short punt, the Powell return to the thirty as a good example of that. Uh, like I said, with the special teams, great execution, and that was absolutely cold. <laughs> to do that to former special teams coordinator, uh, fossil there, uh, coach bones fossil now on the, um, on the Cowboys, uh, Matt game missed an uncharacteristic 51 yard field goal. As Sean McVay put it, um, you know, that would have made it 19 to 13. That would have changed things, but the real issue was the Rams field position. I think like I alluded to, Brandon Powell getting it to the Dallas 29 and they get zero out of it. Did not get any points out of that drive. Um, I understand the field goal was missed, but to not get any points out of that drive, to not put the ball in the end zone, uh, to put yourself in a position where now all of a sudden this is a 51 yard field goal, not acceptable. Uh, Riley Dixon continues to punt. Well, you know, they luckily they do have a good punter. He punted five times in this one. Um, But yeah, it was the first field goal of the year that, Gay missed. So, you know, it hurts, but it hasn't been all on him. I can tell you that much. So looking ahead to finish up this podcast, have to win against Carolina. Okay. They're not a good football team. The 49ers just blew them out. The opportunity for a statement game is there. This is a team. I think the Rams should blow out. I don't care if they do. I just want at this point, they need to just win a football game, uh, but they should blow this team out. In my opinion, you know they head in the bye three and three like I mentioned earlier. It's a positive note. They can get healthy, all of that. They gotta get Henderson involved in the run game this week. They have to. Uh, I mean, like I said, there's no metric out there to support Cam Akers over Daryl Henderson. Not on the level of 13 carries to zero. Uh, that was bizarre. But anyway. Trying out different combinations on the offensive line, I think is very crucial. You know, you could see Matsker at center, a veteran center that knows how to change the protections and has experience. Uh, I do like that move. And then Ode Ibushi at guard, because I don't think that, you know, I don't think Edwards will play next week because of the concussion protocol. Uh, so with that said, you know, I know Bobby Evans wasn't terrible this time around, only 11 snaps, but, um, I would rather see Abushi there, a guy that has experience. He started guard plenty of times. Um, I want to see them start using Lance McCutcheon. I want to see them keep using Atwell. They connected. They got to keep that guy's confidence going because that speed, he has not had one rep where I'm like, okay, he can't outrun the guy. Like he outran everybody that he's gone up against uh, so far. Um, You know, made Trayvon Diggs give up almost 200 yards, including uh, Cooper Cup, almost 200 yards in the first half. And then uh, I would argue that maybe even get Jacob Harris involved. You know, um, he is active uh, at this point. They're probably going to have to add him to 53. That might have been the last like practice squad elevation that they can do. So we'll see about that. Um, I, I just I can't stress this enough. The I formation that needs to be back. I, I don't know where it went. I don't know why all of a sudden fullback Skoranek isn't fullback Skoranek anymore. Uh, that wasn't just, you know, for show, that wasn't just a cool little jester. Uh, that was legit. You know, that was something that really got the offense going. And, uh, when they ran that against the Falcons, the Falcons had no answer. It, shocker. It was their best offensive performance of the year. So to go away from that, the way they have was been, has been a little odd to me. Hopefully they bring it back this week and, uh, be ready to chip Brian Burns. We'll have a full preview coming up later on the week, but be ready to chip Brian Burns off the edge because he can break this game open just like Micah Parsons did. So, with that said, uh, the Rams unfortunately they fell twenty-two to ten. There's a lot to dislike, but I think that there's a lot to be thankful for, and that starts with the fact that the bye is week seven because man. The Rams need it. They need to get healthy. And they need to get Van Jefferson back. They need to get Brian Allen back. They do need to get that secondary back. You can't just rely without your secondary because God forbid a guy that I was just raving about earlier, uh, Grant Haley, or God forbid Darion Kendrick or Jalen Ramsey even go down. There's not a lot of depth there because all their depth has been exercised essentially. So that's where I'm at on this. I think the Rams can turn around. I think they will turn around, but it has to start with beating Carolina, you move on from this game. You learn from this game, and you get better because of this game. They should have won. They didn't. That's the way it is. So they're two and three now. They're in somewhat uncharted waters that they they've never been two below five hundred. Uh, so they have to win this game against Carolina, who just fired their head coach. There's really just not any excuse. But that's gonna be it for me. I appreciate you guys tuning in for another Believe in Rams podcast. This is episode one twenty six. You can follow me at J K Bogan for any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to at me, but probably DM me. That's normally better. Uh, I get back to those, uh, adding it. I don't always see those. Uh, so there's that. And, uh, until next time I'm Jake Ellenbogen, you guys take care and I'll see you guys soon. Later folks. Thank you for listening to believe.